Welcome to the Fit Man Over 40 podcast, your number one online source devoted to men's health, fitness, and performance. Whether you're a weekend warrior or looking to get into the best shape of your life, the Fit Man Over 40 podcast provides cutting-edge men's health information you won't find anywhere else. Hey guys, welcome to the Fitment Over 40 podcast. I'm your host, Jason Simpkins. And in today's episode, I'll be talking all about kidney stones. What causes them? Who is most likely to get them? Conventional medical treatments used to diagnose and treat kidney stones and natural lifestyle changes you can make in order to prevent them. Now, around 10% of the general population will experience a kidney stone in their lifetime. And if you've ever spoken to someone who's had a kidney stone, they'll no doubt tell you that it's one of the most painful conditions they've ever had to endure. To give you some perspective on the type of pain that passing a kidney stone can cause, some women who have had a kidney stone have actually claimed that it's even more painful than childbirth. Unfortunately for us men, uh, kidney stones occur most often in males and most often in Caucasians than any other race. Most physicians will inform their patients that once they've had a kidney stone, there's a strong likelihood of recurrence within 10 to 15 years. Typically, kidney stones are comprised of up to 80% calcium oxalate, which crystallizes in the kidneys, forming a stone-like obstruction. And it's this obstruction that produces the pain in the lower back that radiates out on either side of the spine. And it typically comes in waves of fluctuating intensity. Now, kidney stones themselves can vary in size from as small as a grain of sand all the way up to the size of a golf ball. And it's usually at this point that surgery is required to remove a stone that becomes that large. Some kidney stones are smooth in terms of their structure, uh, but more often than not, they're, they're, they're quite jagged uh, from the crystallization of the calcium oxalate. And this is really what causes the severe pain in the urinary tract. Occasionally, kidney stones will dislodge themselves from the kidneys and travel down the ureters into the bladder, and this really causes the pain to gravitate from the back to the front of the body and down into the groin area. And larger stones can even block the urethra or the ureters, and this will block the flow of urine from the bladder, resulting not only in severe pain, but in some cases you have to take a trip to the emergency room because this is a very serious situation. If kidney stones are left untreated, they can increase your risk of frequent urinary tract infections, and this can lead to reduced kidney function and in some cases even permanent kidney damage. So it's definitely not something that you want to ignore if you start to become symptomatic. So some of the symptoms of kidney stones to watch out for include unexplained nausea and vomiting, light red or brown urine containing blood, Pain in your lower back, abdominal, and growing area that's, that can't be explained by, say, a sporting injury. Frequent and or urgent urination. Painful urination that's cloudy with a bad odor. And unexplained fever and chills. Now, in order to confirm that you have a kidney stone, your doctor will typically order a blood test or a urinalysis. And this is to measure the levels of stone-forming compounds in your body, such as excess calcium or uric acid. Now, some of the other diagnostic testing methods used are imaging technology, such as x-rays or ultrasound. And this helps to give the doctor a visual representation of the stones that may be present in your urinary tract that are causing the obstruction. For smaller stones that are classified as passable with only minor discomfort, most doctors will recommend that you drink two to three liters of water per day combined with an over-the-counter pain reliever such as acetaminophen, ibuprofen, or aspirin. And in certain circumstances, they may also prescribe a medication that helps to relax the muscles surrounding the ureters, and this will aid easier passage of the kidney stones. 
If a stone remains lodged in your kidneys and continues to grow, then the next option is specialized equipment that emits sound waves or shock waves that break the stone apart into smaller bits, making passage into your bladder for excretion more manageable. In more serious cases where the stone is unusually large or it's non-responsive to sound wave treatment, surgical removal under general anesthesia then becomes your final option. And as I mentioned earlier, once you do get a kidney stone and successfully eliminate it, your likelihood of recurrence is actually quite high. And unfortunately, conventional medicine really offers very little in the way of preventing the reformation of new kidney stones. Medications are sometimes prescribed, and they reduce the amount of calcium in your urine, and this can reduce stone formation by up to 50%, which is great, uh, but they do have side effects, and these include irregular heartbeat, uh, muscle cramps, loss of appetite, nausea, and stomach aches. Now, many urologists believe that people who get kidney stones do so because of a genetic predisposition inherited from their parents, and this may be partially true. Uh, but there are some lifestyle factors that come into play that if you can identify them and make the appropriate adjustments, you can really reduce your chance of getting kidney stones altogether. So statistically speaking, people living in warmer climates are actually at a greater risk for kidney stones than people in colder climates. And this is due to hotter environmental temperatures causing increased perspiration and eventual dehydration. So without adequate fluid replenishment, your urine actually becomes very concentrated and your chances of forming mineralized crystals in your kidneys starts to rise. This is uh, particularly problematic for people doing hard manual labor or intense athletic activity in hot climates. So the best way to combat this occurrence is to stay well hydrated by drinking approximately 500 milliliters to a liter of an electrolyte-infused beverage every hour you're performing physical activity in the heat, and also take a break in the shade if it becomes too hot in the midday sun. Another lifestyle factor that should be taken into account when trying to prevent the formation of kidney stones is dietary intake. Now, since most kidney stones are comprised of calcium oxalate, it's a good idea to reduce or even eliminate foods that are high in oxalates, an oxalate is a, is a naturally occurring compound and is mostly found in plant foods uh, such as spinach, collard greens, rhubarb, black tea, chocolate, okra, peanuts, eggplant, and beans. So if you're going to consume any of these foods in your diet, you can actually partially neutralize the oxalates in these foods by thoroughly cooking them instead of eating them in their raw form. Now, since Kidney stones are primarily comprised of calcium oxalates. Some people ask, what about foods that are high in calcium? Should you avoid those foods? I say no because it's never been proven that excess dietary calcium from food directly contributes to kidney stone formation. In fact, it, it may be that adequate dietary calcium can help prevent kidney stones by binding to oxalates in the intestinal tract and preventing their absorption into general circulation. The real problem with calcium and kidney stone formation appears only to be related to excess intake of supplemental calcium, particularly cheaper forms like calcium carbonate, which is found in many uh, low-cost vitamin and mineral formulations. So my advice would be to avoid calcium supplements altogether and, and instead just get your calcium from real foods such as milk, yogurt, and cheese. It's also a good idea to avoid soda beverages containing sugar and phosphoric acid uh, as both of these ingredients will increase the concentration of calcium uh, and also oxalates in your urine. 
Instead, I'd just recommend drinking one to two liters of spring water daily to help keep your kidneys functioning optimally. Uh, And also this helps to uh, preemptively flush out any small stones uh, that may be starting to form. And as I mentioned previously, if you are uh, doing physical labor or or exercising in in hot conditions, you can also add some electrolytes uh, to that water as well. Now, just as a side note, um, high-dose supplemental vitamin D, which has become really popular now, uh, can also be a concern because it can lead to a condition called hypercalcemia, uh, which is too much calcium in the blood, which can increase the risk of forming kidney stones. Um, so if you do choose to supplement with vitamin D, uh, it's a good idea to have your doctor routinely monitor your blood levels of vitamin D and try and maintain safe levels, which generally tend to be between 40 and 60 nanograms per milliliter. Now, I'm always in favor of food over pills, whether they be prescription medications or nutritional supplements when it comes to maintaining your health. But there are two supplements that when used in therapeutic amounts can really help to prevent a recurrence of kidney stones. The first one is magnesium, and this is a vital mineral that's involved in over 300 enzymatic reactions in the human body. Uh, And it really acts as the yin to calcium's yang by preventing the formation of calcium oxalate crystals in your kidneys. So I recommend taking between 400 and 600 milligrams of magnesium glycinate. Uh, And you take this daily with food, uh, preferably in the evening, since magnesium is a very calming mineral and it can help to uh, give you a better quality of sleep. Now, magnesium glycinate tends to be one of the better forms of magnesium for digestive assimilation without the gastric distress that can occur with cheaper forms of magnesium supplementation. Potassium is another mineral that plays an important role in the prevention of kidney stones, especially when it's combined with sufficient dietary magnesium intake. In fact, a study published in the Journal of Urology showed that a combination of potassium and magnesium given to 64 patients with a history of kidney stones reduced their risk of recurrence by 85% over the study's three-year period. So in order to get adequate potassium in your diet, there really isn't a need to take a supplement uh, when you can get more than enough potassium from foods such as bananas, sweet potatoes, prunes, orange juice, carrot juice, squash, and yogurt. Another good supplement to help prevent kidney stones is vitamin B6. Now, studies have shown that individuals who are deficient in vitamin B6 produce excess amounts of uh, oxalic acid in in their body, and this makes them more susceptible to getting kidney stones. Now, taking supplemental vitamin B6 has a direct effect on oxalate metabolism, and these individuals in the studies were able to reduce the amount of oxalic acid produced in their system, and therefore this greatly reduced their risk of forming kidney stones. I recommend taking between 100 and 150 milligrams of vitamin B6 daily with food, uh, preferably in the morning since B vitamins can tend to be very stimulating and this can cause sleeplessness if you take them later on in the evening. So if you or someone you know has ever had a kidney stone, then you realize that it's definitely an occurrence that is best avoided at all costs. But as you've learned in this podcast, there's no need to fear kidney stones, even if you've inherited a genetic predisposition for them. Just by making a few proper adjustments to your lifestyle that includes moderate physical activity, proper hydration, dietary changes away from foods high in oxalates, and adding a few key nutritional supplements into your daily routine, you can greatly reduce your risk of experiencing the excruciating pain of kidney stones for the rest of your life. So I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions, please feel free to leave them in the comments section below and I'll do my best to answer back. 
Also, don't forget to click the subscribe button and you'll be instantly notified when the next episode is released. You can also head over to my website, fitmenover40.com, and you can sign up for my free newsletter and you'll receive a copy of my report, 10 Tools to Unlock Your True Potential. So thanks for tuning in to the Fitmen Over 40 podcast. I'm Jason Simpkins, and I will see you next time.